Sunflower oil, purine and pret cooking fat, yum yum peanut butter, maple margarine, and niblet's cheese twists present the epic casebook. In which Inspector Carr investigates. Good evening. The other day, I attended a neighbor's party given for their teenage daughter. And they decided to make me sing for my supper. At first we played a straightforward game of charades, and then, with knowing glances at each other, the de Villiers family shouted in unison, let's play cops and robbers. <laughs> Actually, it proved a salutary exercise, because we changed it from cops and robbers to the investigation of a hypothetical murder. And very soon I was explaining to the guests the sequence of such investigations, pointing out that when it's not obvious... We first have to determine method. In other words, how the murderer killed his victim. And then comes another M. The second, it's for motive. You've all noticed how important that is in any investigation. Who stood to gain most by the victim's death? Was it an act of revenge, frustrated passion? But both these M's, if you like, are irrevocably linked with the most important M of all. Yes, of course... The murderer himself. Now, that seems to be stressing the obvious, yet a good detective will not only concern himself with the identity of the killer, but will want to know every characteristic the culprit possesses. So, you see, all these factors are interdependent. However, I explained to my friends and their guests that unless one is on one's guard, an overabundance of motives, or a seeming confusion as to method, can result in the final analysis in the concealing and not the revealing of the third M, the murderer. In fact, that's what happened to me in the story I'm about to tell you tonight, which I called Murder in the Bag. I've never understood why authors, specialising in crime stories, find it necessary to paint word pictures of country policemen in grotesque colours. I suppose describing them as buffoons highlights the brilliance of the author's central character, the man who succeeds where the police have failed. They should have met Sergeant Barnes in charge of the Dewhurst police station. I've got all the facts and statements for you, sir. Thanks, Sergeant. All I got from operations was the fact that a farmer called Ferguson was murdered last night when he was returning from a party in the company of a Mr. Flynn. Time about midnight. Was right, sir. Hmm? It was Mr. Flynn who telephoned for the ambulance, sir. But Ferguson was dead by the time he got to the hospital. Ferguson was shot, correct? Yeah, correct, sir. All right, Sergeant. Let's have it all. Uh, by all, I mean, uh, I think you'd better set the scene for me. I see you've drawn me a map. Sir. Uh, if you please... Set it for me verbally, I'd be grateful. <laughs> It'll save time, too. More than that, I want all the characters concerned. Can do? Well, I'll have a try, sir. Well, um, let us start with a small church just beyond the village, on the way to Chipping Sudbury. Right. Now, just beyond it, separated from the churchyard by a narrow lane, is an old farmhouse. And as you walk up the lane from the gate, there's a hedge on each side. And the left side bounds the churchyard... 
And the right side encloses a field that's owned by Dick Spence. Huh? At the top, the lane turns sharp right behind the field. And a hundred yards further on is a farmhouse, a Greystone farm. That's owned by the late Tom Ferguson. You're doing fine, Sergeant. Uh, Ferguson's the man who was shot, yes? Yes, that's right, sir. There are two other occupants of Greystone. Mrs. Vera Hammond and her son, Robert, 20. Now, she was a Ferguson before she married. Tom is, well, was her nephew. The farm had originally belonged to her brother, but when he died, Tom inherited it. And what about Mrs. Hammond? He left her there a penny. Widow. She moved in with her son. That's Robert. Has he been there ever since? Mm-hmm. Had Tom Ferguson any girlfriends? Yes. Named Evelyn Todd. From a neighboring farm. Twenty-year-old redhead. In fact, they were engaged to be married. I see. They would have made Greystone their home. And Mrs. Hammond would have had to have left, right? That's right, sir. Oh, well, let's get on with what happened last night. Well, sir, Ferguson left Greystone about half past six to visit his fiancée. There was a party of some sort at Todd's farm. Robert was invited, but he didn't go. The party broke up about midnight, and Tom walked a half mile back in the company of Ted Flynn, one of his close friends. Now, when they reached the gate to the entrance to the lane, they said goodnight to each other, and Ted continued on down the road. Now, he just got round the corner, and a, and a shot rang out. He doubled back, and he found Tom Ferguson lying unconscious in the road. He phoned for an ambulance from the church, which arrived together with Dr. Ritchie and Sergeant Tracy. As you know, sir, by the time Ferguson reached the hospital, he was dead. Who have you questioned, Sergeant? Now, only Flynn gave a first-hand account of what had happened. Have you the necessary search warrant? Yes, I got it right here, sir. Good. I think I'll call on Miss Evelyn Todd for a start. I'd like to know a little more about Tom Ferguson before I tackle the Hammonds. Oh, by the way, uh, they know about Ferguson's death, huh? uh, Yes, Inspector. Uh, they were informed first thing this morning. Fine. Let's go to Todd Farm. Sergeant Barnes and I drove to Todd Farm, which lay just beyond Greystone. As we passed the homestead of the late Mr. Ferguson... I couldn't help being struck by its bleak contrast to the surrounding countryside. The farmhouse stood gaunt, forbidding. Its dark, shuttered windows seemed to enclose a multitude of secrets. On the other hand, Todd Farm proved to be a charming cottage, nestling in an old English rose garden, flanked on both sides by orchards. The door was opened by a young girl with a wealth of flaming red hair. She would have been quite beautiful, but for the dark rings under her eyes. The only outward evidence of her grief. Can I help you? Oh, oh hello, Sergeant. Sorry to disturb you. Uh, Miss Evelyn Todd? That's right. My name's Inspector Carney, Scotland Yard. Can we come in for a moment? Well, well, my father's item. I'm afraid there's no one at home. I'd just like to talk to you a little, Miss Todd, if you don't mind. Oh, yes, well, well, please come inside. Thank you. Oh, now, what can I do for you? Is it about Tom? Yes. I don't think I could bear it. Look, I quite understand. I won't keep you long. Just a few questions, then we'll go. Very well. Well, first of all, what time did you last see your fiancé alive, Miss Todd? At about quarter to twelve. He left with Ted Flynn. Were they the last to leave the party? Just about. The Elliots were still there. They're friends of my father's. They left about half an hour afterwards. That was the last time you saw your fiancé? Are these questions necessary? I'm afraid so, Miss Todd. Now, tell me, how well did you know the Hammonds? Well enough. That's too well. What do you mean? 
I'll be frank with you, Inspector. Mrs. Hammond did everything she could to prevent my engagement to her nephew. Prevent? Oh, I suppose it wasn't very pleasant for a woman twice my age to be ousted from her home by mere chit of a girl. That's how she describes me. But she chose a rather mean way of showing her feelings. Inspector, for the last three months I've been deluged with poison pen cards all in the same handwriting. After a while I showed one to Tom. He recognized the handwriting immediately. His aunt, Mrs. Hammond, wrote it. Have you kept any of these postcards? How many do you want? Twenty? Thirty? They're all in the desk here. There you are. Take your pick. Hmm. Well, these will do. Thank you, Miss Todd. Now, uh, what were your fiancé's reactions? He's absolutely furious. He and his aunt had a terrible row. And did the cards stop? For a while, yes. But they started coming again about a week before... All right, Miss Todd, I won't keep you much longer. Are there any other incidents that you can recall about Mrs. Hammond? No, I, I don't think so. Oh, oh, wait a bit, yes. It, it was only yesterday afternoon. Robert, oh, Mrs. Hammond's son, came over to say that he couldn't come to the party. Did he give any reason? Yes. His charming mother had forbidden him to come. I'm sorry, but Mum's in an awful mood. We had a little row, actually. Oh, Robert. I said she couldn't stop me, and then she went into a long tirade about how she'd worked her fingers to the bone for me. Put me through school, and just when everything was turning out okay, you, well... Go on. Well, she said that you and Tom were about to kick us out. That you schemed the whole thing between you, and it was a dirty trick. I'm sorry. You know I don't... I know. Why don't you come anyway? I can't. I wish I could, Eve. You know. I'd do anything for you, but it isn't worth it. I've got to live with her. All right, Bobby. I understand. He was almost in tears. Inspector, she's a wicked woman. If, if it hadn't been for her... Thank you, Miss Tyler. I think that's all. Accompanied by Sergeant Barnes, I made for the scene of the crime. We reached the gate that stood at the entrance of the lane, and Sergeant Barnes pointed out the spot marked X. There you are, sir. He collapsed just here at the foot of the left gate post. Uh-huh. How many shots were fired? Uh, just the one, sir. The surgeon reported that Ferguson died of gunshot wounds in the abdomen. Yes, that's right, sir. Well, let's reconstruct the scene, Sergeant. Now, Ferguson says good night to Flynn. He turns towards the gate, and a shot rings out. So it's hardly unlikely that he was shot from the road itself. That's right, sir. Now, if he was found by the left-hand post, it stands to reason that he couldn't have been shot from the area of the churchyard. The angle's too acute. No, my guess is that he was shot from the other side, from, from that field to the right. Uh, Dick Spencer's field. Sergeant, supposing you wanted to ambush a man at dead of night, knowing that he was coming from the direction of Todd's farm. All right. I'd whip in at expenses for you, no doubt about that. And? Well, I reckon I'd hide behind the edge. That way I wouldn't be seen. Yeah, but the hedge is at least two feet thick. Uh, then I'd cut a hole in it, sir. Elementary, my dear Barnes. Right, let's see if there is one. Uh, mind the bank, sir, it's slippery. Oh, yes, it is. Had raid recently. A couple of days ago, sir, it come down in buckets. None last night, though, eh? No, sir, no. Hello, 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 what have we here? What's that, sir? Ah, the cartridge case. I'll wager my non-existent bowler hat it was fired from a single-barrel shotgun. 
Looks like it is, Baker. I put in my handkerchief. There it is, Sergeant. The hole in the hedge. Well, I've... It's obviously been made for a purpose. Let's have a look. Perfect. See for yourself. You're right, sir. I can see the gate clearly. The road beyond. Why, look here, sir. The grass has been crushed. And here, sir, the skid marks. The killer probably lost his footing. As Sergeant Barnes pointed to the telltale evidence, a vivid picture began to form in my mind. The murderer, waiting grimly for Ferguson's return, the glinting gun barrel pointing through the hole in the hedge, the finger poised on the trigger, and then, as the intended victim opens the gate, the fatal squeeze. It seemed that a visit to Mrs. Hammond would prove illuminating. Don't see how I can help you, Inspector. It won't take up much of your time, Mrs. Hammond. Have you ever seen these postcards before? No, let me see. Um, no, how appalling. Evelyn Todd says they were written by you. What a lying... Mrs. Hammond, it won't be very difficult to trace the author. Save a lot of time if you tell the truth. All right. Yes, I wrote them. She deserved it. A cheap little... Inspector, we've lived here for two years... When my husband died, I was left without any means of support. Tom Ferguson invited my son and I to live here. And about six months ago, he told us to leave. Just like that. To pack my bags and get out. I brought the boy up when my brother died. Don't you think I deserve better treatment? It's not for me to judge, Mrs. Hammond. Sending poison pen postcards can never be justified. But she didn't love Tom, Inspector. She was out for his money. Tom Ferguson inherited everything when his father died, is eh? Yes. Do you possess a shotgun, Mrs. Hammond? Oh. Inspector, what would I want with a shotgun? You sure, Mrs. Hammond? Look, Inspector, I didn't shoot Tom. Ferguson was killed with a single-barreled shotgun. Find the gun and I found the murderer. Do you mind if we look over the house, Mrs. Hammond? Is that necessary? I have a search warrant. Well, I suppose I can't stop you. You won't find a gun, yeah? But we did. We found what we were looking for, a single-barreled shotgun. Sergeant Barnes discovered it under the mattress in Mrs. Hammond's bedroom. Near it, in the drawer of an old Victorian roll-top desk, we found a package of cartridges, identical with the one discovered in the scene of the crime. In another drawer, we found a pile of unused postcards, replicas of those received by Evelyn Todd. The gun was subsequently checked for fingerprints. The only prints to be found were those of Mrs. Hammond. I decided to arrest her. Mrs. Hammond, I must warn you that anything you say will be taken down in writing and may be used in evidence against you. It would seem that the investigation was over, apart from some loose ends that had to be tied up. Mrs. Hammond was finally committed for trial. One thing that became particularly important, the terms of the late Harold Ferguson's will. I visited Messrs. Carr and Bradshaw. Mr. Bradshaw himself received me, a donnish-looking old man with the air of a patient secretary bird. Good morning, Inspector Carr. Sit down, please. A cigarette? Uh, no, thanks. Mr. Bradshaw, 
I understand you drew up Mr. Harold Ferguson's last will. Well, that is correct. And in terms of that will, everything was left to Tom Ferguson. Uh, quite right, Inspector. Uh, Tom was an only child in the apple of his father's eye. Yes. The estate and all monies accruing were left to him in perpetuity. But if he didn't marry... Then the estate would pass to his nephew, Robert Hammond, on the condition that he should marry. Yeah. In the event of Tom's death before Robert was 21, the estate was to be held in trust until the latter became of age. And to take it to its logical conclusion, if Robert died, then the estate would have passed on to Mrs. Hammond. Oh, no, not at all, Inspector. What? Are there any other relations? Yes, one... It seems that young Ted Flynn is a distant cousin of the Fergusons on his mother's side. Both the parents are dead, poor boy. And in the event of Robert's death, Harold Ferguson expressly wished that everything should go to him. I see. That must have been one in the eye for Mrs. Hammond. It was, Inspector, as you put it, uh, one in the eye for the poor woman. She was quite upset about it. Tried to get the will altered after Harold's death. In her favour, of course, but she didn't succeed. And Mrs. Hammond, as it turned out, stood to gain nothing except through her son. Incorrect, Inspector. There was no love lost between Harold and his sister. Temperamentally, they were poles apart. Huh? Harold was a swashbuckler, an adventurer with a lust for life. Puritanical Mrs. Hammond thoroughly disapproved of him. Hmm. You knew him well? Oh, knew him and liked him. In fact, over the years, I got to know the whole family. I always prided myself on judgment of character, Inspector. Now, how did Mrs. Hammond get on with her nephew, Tom? Quite well until recently. Trouble over Tom's impending marriage. Mrs. Hammond would, of course, have to move out. Yes, yes, I know. Tell me, Mr. Bradshaw, was the will signed and witnessed in the presence of all? Yes, yes. Old Ferguson called them all together in this very room. I see. So they were all acquainted with the terms of the will? Quite so, Inspector. Well, thank you. I'm most grateful for all your help. Yet as I stepped out of Mr. Bradshaw's office, I felt distinctly uneasy. I had considered the case as a closed book. It had all been so easy. Too easy. And I now had the disconcerting feeling that I was being led by the nose. There were several who had a motive for the murder. The longer I thought, the unhappier I became. Mrs. Hammond's motive for killing her nephew was that her son would inherit. But all the evidence showed that her animosity was directed against Evelyn Todd, not against Tom Ferguson. After all, she brought the boy up. No, there was something wrong somewhere. If only I could put my finger on it. I went in search of Sergeant Barnes. Car handy, Sergeant? Yes, sir. Where do you want to go? Uh, to the home of Mr. Ted Flynn. So, everything is over by the show, then, is it, Inspector? Not quite, Mr. Flynn. Still one or two things to check. You say that on Saturday night, the night Mr. Ferguson was shot, you left the Todd's farm at a quarter to twelve, walked back with Ferguson to Greyston. You left him at the gate, continued on. When you heard the shot, you ran back... And Ferguson was unconscious in the road. That's about it. Now, think carefully, Mr. Flynn. Is there anything else that struck you at the time? Anything, however trivial? Nothing at all, Inspector. Or you've told you everything I know. Hmm. Did you see Tom Ferguson during the course of Saturday morning or afternoon? As a matter of fact, I did, Inspector. He popped round about eleven o'clock. Mrs. Hammond and Robert were on their way out to do some shopping in town. Tom was in the garage fixing a plough. I gave a man for about an hour, and then I left. Mrs. Hammond and her son had not returned? Not that I know of. 
Thank you, Mr. Flynn. You've been most helpful. I have the unhappy task to call on her son. I'm sorry to disturb you, Mr. Hammond. I... Well, get it over, the Inspector. You've arrested my mother for murder. What more do you want? Mr. Hammond, I'm only doing my duty, and I promise you I don't like it any more than you do. Well, please come to the point. You want to arrest me, too? No, I don't. I want to ask you a few brief questions. Well, last Saturday morning, Mr. Flynn came to see your cousin. You were on your way to town, I understand. What's this got to do with the price of eggs? Please, Mr. Hammond, just answer my question. Yes, he did come round. Met me as we were going out of the front door. Did he say anything to you? Not that I can remember. Oh, yes. He said something about coming to borrow Tom's golf clubs. And that was all? Look, Inspector, Ted Flynn didn't get on very well with Mother and I. He was Tom's friend, not ours. I told him Tom was in the garage, and that was all. Thank you. Now, did you see Mr. Flynn again? What is all this? I told you he wasn't exactly a bosom friend of mine. Please life. be patient. I've nearly finished. Did you see him again? No, I didn't. Thank you. Now, one last thing, Mr. Hammond. What time did you hear of your cousin's death? In the early hours of Sunday morning. As a matter of fact, Ted phoned. Told us what had happened. What did he say? Well, he said that although he had identified the body, the police would require my mother or me to make an official identification. Did you? Yes, we went down to the mortuary on Sunday morning. That's really all I can tell you, Inspector. Now, if you don't mind... Now, just before I go, I'd like to look over the house once again. I'm looking for something. I sincerely hope to find it. I did. I found what I was looking for. It was in Tom Ferguson's study. I now knew who had killed him. Sergeant Barnes and I raced back to police headquarters in Dewhurst. Sergeant, issue a writ to have Mrs. Hammond released immediately and then have a car outside the front door. Have you ever got a gun? Yes, sir. All right, now get cracking. We've just one more call to make. We're calling on Edward Flynn. Edward Flynn, I'm arresting you for the murder of Thomas Ferguson. I must warn you that anything you say may be used in evidence against you. Arresting me? Nonsense. Exactly on what ground? I'll tell you. You planned to kill Tom Ferguson a long time ago, but you had to wait for the right moment. About three months ago, Mrs. Hammond started writing poison pen postcards to Evelyn Todd. When Tom found out, he was furious. Knowing this, and knowing that Tom wanted the Hammonds to move from the house, you... What? And kill my best friend, because I wanted Tom to evict his aunt. I haven't finished yet. There's the will. You were present when it was signed. You knew that with Tom Ferguson and his cousin out of the way, the inheritance would be yours. You must be out of your mind, Inspector. I would hardly have walked home with Tom carrying a shotgun under my arm. Now, that's why you were so fiendishly clever. You planted that shotgun already loaded behind the hedge on Saturday morning or afternoon. What did I do, Inspector? Jump over the edge and say, hang on a moment, Tom. Hold still, I want to shoot you. Not a bit of it. When you left the Todd's farm, you told Tom you were in a hurry to get home. You then said goodnight and ran on ahead. You had ample time to position yourself behind the hole you made that day. You shot him as he came up to the gate and then sprinted home, hiding the gun, and phoned for an ambulance. Although he wasn't dead, luckily enough for you, he died on the way to hospital. Inspector Carr, this is crazy. The gun didn't even belong to me. What do you think I did? Strolled over to Greyston and placed it under the mattress? Who told you it was under the mattress? Uh, why, um, Robert, I think. Robert, eh? He knew because Mrs. Hammond had found the gun and questioned her son about it. But he swears that the only conversation he has had with you is when you telephoned him with the grim news that Tom was dead. And that was before you had time to return the gun. Inspector, you can't prove anything. Can't I? Edward Flynn, I'm arresting you on a charge of murder. 
You sure you got the right one, sir? <laughs> Sergeant, I'm as sure as I'm standing here. But don't look so worried, Sergeant. I can't help it, sir. Why didn't Mrs. Ammon say anything when you arrested her? She didn't deny her guilt. Because she thought that her son had killed Ferguson. What else could she think when I found the gun under the mattress? Or you did, to be more accurate. She's got a lot of courage, that woman. She must love her son dearly. Oh, come on, Sergeant. Now what's troubling you? Well, I... I still don't know how you tumbled Flynn. <laughs> don't you? You should. And so should you, listeners. Do you know what clue convinced me that Flynn was the killer? Not sure? Well, listen to the commercial, and I'll be back to tell you. Well, what was the clue? After all, there were three suspects, Mrs. Hammond, her son, and Edward Flynn. But what made me so sure that Flynn was the murderer? Well, it was this. If you remember, I asked Robert Hammond if Flynn had said anything to him on Saturday morning. He replied... Not that I can remember. Oh, yes. He said something about coming to borrow Tom's golf clubs. Tom's golf clubs. That explained everything. What better place to house a shotgun than a golf club bag? Tom readily agreed to lend him them. And it would have been easy for Flynn to drop the shotgun inside while Ferguson was working in the garage. As Tom's best friend, he obviously knew where to find it. My suspicions were confirmed when Robert said that he and his mother had gone down on Sunday morning to identify the body, a perfect opportunity to return the clubs and deposit the gun under the mattress, hoping that mother and son would be arrested for the crime so that the inheritance would then be his Tentlins. That was what I was looking for in Tom Ferguson's study, the golf club bag. Oh, the moral of the story, if you must lend your golf clubs to a friend, Make sure he's shooting for a birdie, not a body. Good night. The Epic Tastebook was produced by Michael Silver for the makers of Epic Pure Sunflower Oil, Maple Margarine, Yum Yum Peanut Butter, and Niblet's Cheese Twists, with Hugh Russ as Inspector Carr. Listen again next Thursday night at 9.30 to another exciting story from our epic casebook.